Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's time to switch it up. The future of transport. Mm. Uber is done and dusted. We want something new. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Southwest trains are taking the piss. Yeah. Southern Rail can fucking do one. Yeah, yeah. And I've lost my Oyster card. What's yeah. next? Jetpacks. No, I mean... Uh... Okay, so jetpacks <laughs> have actually been trialed many times, but they don't really do well because it's so hard to manoeuvre. Well, let me try. I, I, I feel like it's not going well. <laughs> you weigh a lot. Okay. Oh, That's true. We went there. That's true. I'm very dense. I'm like a neutron star. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? The only podcast that uses cutting edge science to answer the real questions that you have. Things like, why is the sky blue? Is global warming still a real threat? And where are you really from? No, really. No, I mean before that. My name's Alex Lathbridge, I'm a PhD student, comedian and sciencey person. On my left I have Oz Ismail, PhD student in neuroimaging and dementia, grinder aficionado and once dated a meth head. All of the above is sadly true. On my right I have Suhail Patel. Suhail is an accomplished journalist. He makes really, really great videos and he knows nothing about science. But you know, science is, 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 it's shit. What? <laughs> No, I will, you know, I think you guys are going to enlighten me. You're going to teach me some stuff. It's going to be... Oh, we will teach you some teach stuff. Me, teach me. That's what we're here to do. We're here to inform, inspire and educate. We did not steal that from a big broadcaster that shall not be named. So let's get started. So Oz, what have you seen in the news this week? So I found something that was quite interesting and also quite disturbing. Okay, so what was it about? I so I'm quite an expert in the online dating scene. Oh, okay. So, how do you online date? Uh, I attempt to. Um, apparently, I'm how not very good at it. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Uh, but you know, online dating is a precarious business, especially if uh, you are shit at dating. Well, <laughs> what, what, what's your tactic? My tactic is first question out of the bat: Do you like cats? Yeah. But you, okay, so do you know the, the number of times you've probably asked that question? Yeah. Tinder holds all that information. It doesn't delete that information. Wow. Well, I was thinking, how long are the pages? Because if if the pages are like small, then that's not a lot of information. Okay, so one, one, one person found out that there was actually 800 pages of her information, her chats, Shit. like everything. Like how many, how many Tinder matches do you remember having? Uh, like, about somewhere in the region of zero to one. <laughs> okay, so you remember your Tinder matches, but m- most people have more than that. <laughs> As I said, it's not my forte, okay? okay I think I don't maybe don't start there. with, how, why, do you like cats? Maybe that's very good. Yeah, on. that's true. That's okay, true. Okay. okay, between the two of you, mm-hmm. online dating, mm. you know, all of these apps, how many matches do you think you've got? Oh. Um, like, uh, have had? I've had, you know, I've, I've had a few matches. I've had... Uh, but the thing is you don't remember like I don't remember all my matches you Mm. remember the ones that are significant with either the ones that you end up having a drink with or Mm. the ones that you had like a terrible time with or the ones that had like what about the ones that were meth heads you remember those and those are the ones you kind of want to forget and you don't remember like you don't forget yeah but any conversation I had with any of those people Mm. is there forever Mm. like it's crazy like you don't think and mm. also some some people, not me, mm. but some people have some pretty saucy conversations online. That's true. That's okay. True. Okay. So what information does Tinder have? So lay it down for us. Every time we match, every time we interact with people online through this medium, 
what information they're retaining. Okay, so Tinder, you have to log in through Facebook to use Tinder, right? Yeah. So it, it, you basically press buttons that say, yeah, take my information because it's easy. It takes all your, because you put your nicest pictures on Facebook, it takes like your sexiest photos. It's a very easy platform to like start dating on. Mm. But it keeps all this information. So everything you've liked, even the embarrassing likes, everything. Uh, if you connect your Instagram profile, it kind of holds the pictures from your Instagram. You can even unlink it. But if you've previously linked an Instagram, it can still hold all those pictures. And also all the conversations you have, like even the ones that you want to forget, even if you unmatch from like with someone because it was a bit like, oh, oh, this is going bad. It keeps all of that information. No. So you can go back and read all the embarrassing things that you've said online. Mm. Wait, so people can access this information? Yeah, I, th- I don't know how easy this is. So I think that this journalist who actually managed to do it had to use a lawyer, but there is some kind of law that lets you access all the information that's about you. So hell, do you have lawyer money? Uh, I have about £6.50. I think I'm getting one down a little. Okay. Do you know a lawyer who would work for £6.50? Uh, uh, possibly at gunpoint. Um, so we need a gun, <laughs> is what you're saying. Oh yeah, I haven't thought this through. All right, so for him, it's either gum tree or gun point. Gun point, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I've got a couple calls and that, you know what I'm saying? Get the man them down. <laughs> <laughs> These dating apps, like Tinder, mm-hmm. is it just Tinder or is it all dating apps? So this is, this is interesting. So this article that I read on the news was about, specifically about Tinder, but it got me thinking, like, how... I've been on so many different apps and deleted so many apps as well, mm. but I never really stopped to think how much of the information is still around. Wow. But, yeah. but, I, mean, but I think it's probably still around. Yeah, but I mean, what's the, I mean, I think it's just part and parcel of like modern living. Obviously, a lot of your information is out there. You just have to kind of accept yeah. it, I guess. And it's it? kind of age of, you know, being under constant surveillance, like everything mm. you say and do and write is just there forever. But is that a bad thing though? Why is it a bad thing? Okay, so this is an interesting question because I wonder. So then I was like, okay, so do I want my information around? But then I just thought, I mean, anyone, first of all, who's going to read through trails and trails of pages of my boring chat with somebody? Yeah. Um, Like that's, that's surely nobody wants to read that. Like who wants to read? Unless I'm famous, which I'm not. Mm. So nobody cares. After this podcast, mate. Hey. <laughs> Yo, we're gonna be rolling out merch. It's, it's gonna be yeah, like the 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 matches are gonna go up. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna crazy. be Christmas jumpers that say shooters on deck. <laughs> yeah, everybody has like, you know, not chicken sauce, but saucy conversations online. Mm. Everybody does it. So I'm like, I'm not am I ashamed? Mm. And, and it's all contextual, isn't it? Like you know, you wouldn't say that stuff to your nan, but putting it into text, like anyone can read it. And you can read anything out of context. So yeah. even the dirtiest stuff, mm. you know, can sound okay in the heat of the moment, you know? It yeah. Do, yeah, yeah, it's true. And also people, like writing stuff down gives people a sort of power to say whatever they want. And this is like, it, mm. it goes the other way. Like people on, like trolls on Facebook and Twitter, they just feel like they can say whatever they want because it's written down. They don't have to say it to someone's face. It's different online. So people do have more in-depth you know, more, more racy conversations online. Okay. But it's yeah. this question of why, why does it need to be there? But that's the other question. Why does it need to be there? Why don't they just delete this one? Because you- obviously they're data mining you, I guess, isn't it? Or you like trying to sell shit to you. Isn't that what they do? They, they get your information and then they target ads towards you and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is, isn't it? Is that to me? Next, we turn to the man himself, Sahel Patel. What yeah. have you seen in the news and what were you actually able to understand? Uh, well, obviously I didn't really do any work for this, but uh, there was one article which caught my eye because we did this at a ridiculously early time, by the way. This started at 9am. Thanks, Ozzy. Which is quite <laughs> late for a PhD student, that by is, the way, Sahel. That is, in my time, comparatively, that's like waking up at like 3.30am for context. And the man doesn't drink coffee, which makes it even harder. Yes, I only drink Vimto. Straight as well, not mixed. (laughs) Gross. Uh, Anyway, yeah, so guys, how much sleep do you guys normally get? What's your average? Okay, so I wear a smartwatch because I'm such a nerd. Mm. And mine tells me that I get about five to six hours. And I'm not happy about this because I feel like I need more. How many? Like 30? I need like, yeah, ideally I'd like sleep for a whole day and then work for a day and then sleep for another day. But that's not socially acceptable, apparently. Mm. 
I think eight hours, like, I'd love to get eight hours, but I never do. In one go or in small increments out of the day? In one go, ideally, yeah. <laughs> so I also have a smartwatch, and I sleep roughly about four to five hours a night. But then again, I have a sleep disorder. Uh, yeah, so I, I feel rested just about, about yeah, four to five hours. Yeah, but isn't that like what geniuses have? Like, they can sleep like, four, like Mar- well, I'm not going to say Margaret Thatcher's a genius, but apparently she slept like four hours. There's a genetic quirk, isn't it? But Some people also, like not to, not, not to make tenuous, it's not a tenuous link. All right, so um, there is, there is, there is some evidence to suggest that lack of sleep can mm. later on in life cause brain disease. Yeah, well, this is what the article is saying. It can cause, like, need to, like, Alzheimer's disease and poor mental health condition and all that type of stuff, lack of sleep. So that's my excuse. So what we're saying here is, (laughs) so the story this week saying that a lack of sleep can lead to... Like, a whole host of illness is basically just fucking us up in general like we just need to sleep more is the summary. like basically yeah. there's like some of, so some of the research that I'm involved in particularly we mm. look at how the brain cleans itself mm, mm. and one of the systems involved called the glymphatic system actually is more active at night when you sleep yeah I knew that obviously you, <laughs> you came prepared you did your I, I read idea <clears throat> carry on carry on I'm just verifying everything you're saying okay so so hell you obviously read this uh, yeah I, I read it so yeah. what kind of stuff is it saying that lack of sleep can contribute to yeah so you know it can do stuff like well these cells right and they attack cancer cells apparently so these are some these are some bro cells um and they can drop up to 70 <laughs> percent they can drop up to 70 percent sorry 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 um what, what sort of cells are They're bro cells. Bro cells. <laughs> They're bro. Is, is this a scientific term? I, I, it's a, yeah, Google it, man. It's, it's on Urban Dictionary. I'm on bro cells. <laughs> All right, so what do these bro cells do? They, they're your bros. They, they, they hold shit down. Wow. <laughs> Oz, you have scientific knowledge. But bro cells? Bro cells. What would you say bro cells are probably referring to? I'm going to say it's some kind of immune response. That's, uh, I, you know, I can verify that. If it's like a type of cell that's attacking another cell, that's definitely like an immune response. That's why bro that cells, right? Bro cells. Me- but- so you have these immune response cells yeah. in your body. Bro cells. All right. And what's it? <laughs> Fine, these bro cells. And what's the bro cells doing? They, they're, 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 po- they're, they're fucking up cancer, man. They're just, you know what I mean? They're, they they're- are fucking up cancer. <laughs> I, I don't see what's funny about it. he's he's talking. I am just I just I found, I, uh, uh, it's quite hot in here. I'm getting delirious. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the pathogenesis of cancer. That's true. Yeah, that's not. But funny. anyway, look. The point being is that these bro cells <laughs> can't fuck up cancer as well because they're tired and shit. No, not the cells themselves. You're tired. You're not producing enough of them. Um, and also, you can get other types of fucked up cancer if you don't sleep enough. So sleep, motherfuckers. Sleep, <laughs> sleep, motherfuckers. That's real talk. Would you say that's an accurate assessment of the science? I mean, I haven't read this article, but I I get the gist of it, and I think uh, taking care of your bro cells—that's the one—is probably quite important because the immune system is very, very, very important, and when that gets messed up, it causes so many different things. So, yes, mm. get your sleep. Motherfucker. Yeah. And one thing to add to that, the article mentions, which is really interesting, is about the stigma around sleep and being tired at work. And I don't know if you guys have had this, like when you're tired at work, people are like, ah, like, you know, they don't take it seriously. But like, I think there is a big issue around that in particular at like work because I'm like, why can't we nap at work? Like, that would be fucking sick. And you know, there's a survey that said being able to nap at work is one of the most sought after privileges, work privileges. So man, like you know, it's never me like having to hide and go have a nap on a sofa somewhere, like because I'm tired. If we just like allow people to sleep at work, you'd be more productive. You get more shit done. You'd be happier. It's better for your health. You know, nap at work. Let's do it, folks. Nap revolution, revolution. I mean, I'm all for napping at work, given especially given like the nature of academia, and especially when you're a junior, you're expected to put in a lot of hours. It's very boring, also. I can't nap at work primarily because I work with lots of acids. That's yeah. You can't nap on acid. Mm, I've oh, tried that. That what type of acid? Next question.
my news story is yeah. not really a news story. At least it's not going to be part of the news segment. It's going to be our discussion, guys. Hey, us. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know what time it is. What time is it, fool? Well, it's actually right now about eleven o'clock. That is this. I'd normally be waking up right now. Exactly, and <laughs> unfortunately, we were meant to be in this location about an hour ago, but I was ridiculously late because of some train strikes. Yep. Yep. So the trains are ridiculous. They cost £100 if you want to get from Bristol to London. And even when you're in London, sometimes getting around is difficult because we had you know, threats of tube strikes this week, didn't we? Yeah. We did. It was going to screw us all over. And luckily they got called off. Mm. I support the strikers. It means I don't have to go to work. Uh, <laughs> so what you're saying is you support anyone just not going to work? No, no. To be fair, I do support them from a, a political standpoint as well. So what was the reason behind the um, people wanting tube strikes? Uh, because they need, basically, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it a, a case of working conditions and contracts yeah, and stuff, which is all yeah. very valid, but it also, it suggests to me that we need more efficient ways of getting people around. Yeah. Teleportation, folks. Okay, okay, okay. You guys are really jumping the gun here. <laughs> so what else has been happening in the last couple of weeks? Something about taxis. Uber. Uber, that's the one. Yeah, Uber. Yeah. Its license got taken away. Mm. So you guys know what Uber is, right? I, I've used the service many times. So hell, do, do you know how it works though? It is a magical app in my phone that brings a sweet chariot to rescue me. What do you need rescue <laughs> from? What do you do? In times of distress. What? <laughs> back to your dating like situation. Uh, let's let's refrain from details. Uh, Quick getaway. <laughs> okay, okay. So for anyone that doesn't actually know what Uber is, I'm looking at you to help because you say yes when you understand things, but sometimes I think that's a no. Uber works very simply. You want to get from point A to point B. You log onto the app. Mm. It shows you where you are. It shows you drivers in the area, and you say, "I want to get to I don't know Big Ben or some chicken shop in Bethnal Green." Uh, I don't know why I looked at both of you for that. <laughs> I don't know which order. Maybe you guys can guess. But <laughs> Uber has come under fire recently. And most notably by TFL. Mm. Do you guys know what's been happening with Uber? What's yeah, so basically they've been uh, effectively stopped uh, from providing services in London as of, I want to say, the end of September. This is true. Um, because of... I'm not even sure why. Like, they, they kind of violated a lot of things is what I'm mm. hearing. It's politics, yeah. isn't it? It comes out to politics. But is they... it politics? Though? I've heard they've done a lot yeah, of bad they have. Yeah, they have done a lot of bad stuff. But when it comes down to it, it's a battle between black cabs and traditional minicab services versus these this, this app and this new form of taxi hailing. All right. Do you guys want to know what TFL had to say? Go, Go ahead, on. my friend. All right. So TFL, in their official release, said that there are a number of issues that have like potential public safety and security implications, and that's the reason why they're no longer uh, giving them a license. And so it said this includes um, Uber's approach to reporting serious criminal offences, um, its approach to getting medical certificates for the drivers, um, its approach to actually doing DBS checks, you know, those CRB DBS like criminal records checks, um, and using something called Greyball in mm. London. Mm. Okay. Very interesting. So do you guys know what Greyball is? So I not a lot. So reading this news story, uh, what uh, my understanding of it is that they use some kind of software to kind of ghost users. Is that right? I mean, yeah. So Sahel, what is the dumbest thing you've done in an Uber or in any taxi? Uh, Obviously, I guess throw up, I guess, is the oh. most common one. Yeah. How many times has that happened? Uh, the times I remember, too many. Now, it's happened a few times, but not in the taxi, but obviously like stop out, jump out and stuff and do do the business. 
come back in, wipe up. You mean they up. wait for you after you do that? Because <laughs> they <laughs> already have your details. They can just charge you and run the fuck away. That's very true. But uh, to be fair, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's when you use Ubers, right? When you're out on a night out, you're pretty fucked or whatever. And you and don't you, want to use the night bus. The night bus. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so you, I guess, yeah, being, being sick or I guess the worst thing I've ever done in a taxi. Like, what, you, what about you guys? I am I, my Uber rating is just like you know <laughs> I was told to get every rating I get in life has to be high, so I behave myself even when I need to throw up, and even when I need to it, it forcibly inject bodily fluids. I don't forcibly inject bodily fluids. <laughs> hey, I heard people got a fetish. So, for that, so you know, disgusting. No, I have done. I have. I have done nothing bad in an Uber because my Uber rating. Even though, like, I'm not that big a user of Uber, my Uber rating is important because mm. people judge you on your Uber rating. That's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> we're, getting, we're heading to a black mirror society. So if you do anything particularly bad in an Uber, slam a door, you know, abuse your driver, vomit, like, they can start lowering your Uber ratings. And it's a good way of protecting the drivers. So what that does, it means that if you get, I think, below... I want to say four, three stars, like below a certain threshold. Mm, I've heard that. I think it's three stars, yeah. Okay, so below three stars, you get below a certain threshold and you no longer have the ability to use Uber. Mm. But there's a very interesting way to do that. They don't say, ha you're blocked because then people would know mm. and they might get a new phone, might do something else. They might try and circumvent it. Yeah. So what Uber have is this software called Grayball. And what Grayball does is it shows you, it shows you Uber. But it shows you a phantom version, sort of a ghost version. You can see cars and drivers like you would in the regular app, and you can go through the process. But on the uh, screen where you would have yourself linked to a driver, it never goes through. Mm. All Grayball does is it shows you a phantom version of the app once you've gone below a certain threshold. Mm. That's all. So basically, you'll never be able to come off that. Yes. That's insane. Mm, but then isn't it the story also partly that they're using it to grey ball like government officials and stuff, aren't they? Yes. Oz, how has Sahel got the answer to this? How has he done the homework on this? I just guessed that. Because he's a roadman. Because <laughs> I'm a government official. Oh, this is all undercover. <laughs> so I'm watching yes. you guys. So yes, Sahel, you are right. Yes, like, the first and last time. <laughs> Again, okay, so then Sahel, you have to explain this to me. Yeah. Why are Uber drivers scared of government officials? Like, what are they doing wrong? Well, it's, it's not, it's, well, Alex can correct me, but it's not the drivers. It's uh, it's the Uber themselves who are trying to circumnavigate investigations, right? Um, circumnavigate means go around. So people circumnavigating yeah, I, the world in planes true. or boats. You mean circumvent. That's the word. That's the word. You can edit that though, right? No. Oh, okay. I tried to use a big word. It didn't go down well. <laughs> you should write down the big words that you want to use per episode. Okay. Next word is going to be beef jerky. Let's see if I can fit this in. Okay. So <laughs> Uber has been known to use Grayball, right? Yeah. So Grayball in the beginning was just software that they used to ban unruly passengers. Passengers yeah. they wouldn't want on the service to make the service better for drivers and other people using it. But as we all know... Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And people from Silicon Valley are pricks. Is that a quote from Spider-Man? It may well be. <laughs> the new film. So law enforcement officials in various countries, notably America, have been investigating Uber based on their practices. Things like criminal records checks, how they vet drivers for medical issues, and whether or not Uber reports crimes that happen inside the cars. Things like harassment, sexual abuse. And because they haven't really been uh, reporting these crimes within like, sort of like a valid window, they'll like report a crime maybe six months later. It can make the case a lot more difficult to follow up on. Mm. So Uber have been like, well, how about the law enforcement officials just don't investigate us. Uber have been using Grable to create geofences around say, law enforcement buildings. So yeah. physically marking out areas yeah. that yes. they think are like undesirable. Mm. Yeah. So physically marking out areas that are undesirable. But also they've been saying, okay, we've got your Uber account. Let's try and link it to a search for social media. 
And Whoa. Every, yeah. So if the social media shows up that you're linked to um, law enforcement, they'll block your account. Shit, that's mad. But remember, in a blocked mm. account, it doesn't say you're blocked. It shows you the phantom app. Mm. So that's what's really interesting. Mm. And a third thing, they've been going into like, in America at least, shops that sell cheap pay-as-you-go phones, looking up the serial numbers for them and just blocking those phones. But the dealers... Or, yeah, because yeah. it, it makes dealers, it makes it more difficult for drug dealers, mm. but it also makes it more difficult for law enforcement officials who want to buy cheap smartphones to use mm. the app. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah, burners. Yeah, yeah burner phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, kind of messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what they're trying to do is gain ultimate control. Yeah. yeah. And they're trying to do it sort of really, really subvertly. Just okay, so it's just sneaky, man. Yeah. That's, people don't like that. Like. Yeah. So that's really part of the reason why TFL have said no to Uber continuing practicing in mm. London. Mm. Mm. So this is interesting because like, so because a lot of Londoners use Uber and there's been sort of a lot of people getting really pissed off. You know, the mayor of London is not letting us use Uber, but it's like reasons like this, like it, it will, you can completely see why they've done it. Yeah. I mean, because um, we're selfish consumers, so we're like, oh, now I can't conveniently get around places. Yeah, but basically people obviously... hate it when you, like, yeah. take away their convenience. Yeah. I think, so. yeah, I think, you know, it's such a metropolitan issue, isn't it? It's like yeah. the issue of, from a science perspective, you're talking about, like, trying to move people around a big city, like millions of people, like, trying to move them through the city in a way that is practical and easy. I mean, Uber's a good app. It does the job well, right? Say Uber doesn't come back yeah. and we have to rely on just the taxis that are around on the streets and mm. flagging them down. Mm. What a, Like the drivers can physically see you and judge, make judgments. Like it doesn't that mm. like racism and stuff like that come yeah, into play? Yeah, that's actually a good question. Because like this, okay, mm. so one in, I would pick one instant. I tried to flag a taxi down after mm. Pride one, one night mm. and I was clearly like, I was dressed quite gay. Yeah. And, um, quite so, gay, so, what do you mean? Sorry, how yeah. gay? How, how I mean, gay? There the was like of... a string vest involved. There was a lot of glitter yeah. and yeah. yeah, shorts. Like, oh, I'm not proud of it. I'm, uh, f- fuck, I'm proud of it. Uh, it is Pride, you yeah. know? So. <laughs> That would make um, sense. Everybody just be, if everyone's a bit more glittery, I think the world would just be a better place. Yeah. Anyway, this guy, he, he started to slow down and he saw me and I was mm. like, are you, and I was trying to decide in my mm. drunken state whether mm. it was the fact that I was brown or the fact that I was super gay yeah, or the fact that he just didn't want someone glittery in his car. Like, do you know what I mean? So people... Yeah. If you're trying to flag a car down on the mm. street, mm. there are all these, it becomes a bit more complex. If I get an Uber, I know an Uber's coming. Mm. I, do you know what it is? I think you can't stop bigoted people being bigoted, even if they are on fucking mm. Uber or wherever it is. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. But, uh, but one it, would argue that that's, that's the reason why we need things like Uber, where mm. you're guaranteed a car if, mm. it, if you're not like being grey-balled. Mm. Um, and also, if someone does, if an Uber turns up and drives away, at least you can complain because you have the evidence that some That's driver true. turned up. Yeah. His photo's there, his name's there, and you can actually do something about it. Whereas if some. You give him street justice. Well, yeah, I will mess <laughs> him up. Go to his house, cover him in glitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> up oh, oh my God, I'm gay. Wakes yeah. <laughs> up with a string vest on. <laughs> so, in your interpretation of. Street justice, if I get this yeah. right. Yeah. You're equating it to going to a taxi driver's house. Yes. Assuming they are bigoted. Yes. And trying to turn him from heterosexual. Yes. To homosexual. Very true. At least in how he's perceived. Yes. Through the use of glitter. 100%. <laughs> are you equating, I'm going to say, sexual orientation with the idea of a jazzling? That is scientifically proven. Oh, dude, you come on a night out in Soho. There's so much to learn. My God. Teach me the ways. The gay ways. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, so let's say Uber does not come back. Let's mm. say this is the end of mm. hailing cars with apps, and London is just buses, trains, tubes, and black cabs yeah what new thing do you think will come to fill the void Sahel start yes. with you yes. what do you think the future of transport is uh, apart from jetpack yeah apart from jetpack <laughs> you're, you're too heavy to to be able to operate a jetpack that's pack. true and it's very sad although they are also trying <laughs> to make like he- backpack helicopter backpack helicopters yeah. yeah don't give him hope okay 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 uh, uh, self-driving cars Self-driving cars? Yes, that's the one. I don't know. I think this Hyperloop that I've been reading about has a lot of... What is the Hyperloop? It's kind of like the underground, but without the delays and the breakdowns. Okay, so basically Hyperloop is is a capsule that travels through through a tube, but powered by... like Kind of like, you know, like air hockey table, where it's kind of... Futurama. There's no friction. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. the Futurama pods, actually. Yeah. Massively. But except you'll be inside a pod that's mm. going through like a sort of semi-vacuum mm. transporting you inside this pod at very high speeds because there's no sort of air friction and resistance. How mm. fast can these things go? Around 600 miles per hour with like top speeds of over 700 miles per hour. So pretty damn fast. Damn. Like, fuck, man, that's crazy. So what would be the side effects? If you're going that fast traveling through something that surely you'd, like, that's- you'd do something to you, right? Like. I, yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that a lot of research maybe like is into looking at what actually happens to people traveling at that. Do people even travel at that? Can you travel at that speed without? Well, so how fast the Hyperloop traveling? Over, well, it can reach top speeds of over 700 miles per hour. Over 700 miles an hour. So I think the maximum speed in the underground currently is 50 to 60 miles an hour, I want to say. Okay. It's sub 100 miles an hour. Wow. And that's going at, at least fast. 10 times faster. That's yeah. ridiculous. It is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's if it, if it could be done, that would be super amazing because you'd get to, well, get everywhere so quick. Okay. But there are so many, I think there are things like it will heavily rely on, like if, if there's a breakdown in electricity, everything will just stop. Oh, so wow. you could get stuck like miles away from somewhere until mm. the power is restored. Mm. So that's one of the things that people have picked at is that it really, it cannot, it's it's not very well thought through. And the second thing is you put people in a very confined space because if you look at the prototypes, the people kind of sitting like lying down almost on these chairs. Um, and I don't I don't I don't think it'll be very comfortable. Like I would get claustrophobic in one of these tubes. Mm. But and, the idea is they're like super quick, so you wouldn't spend a lot of long time in them. You'd kind of just bam. Yeah, bow. that's true. But also because they're small capsules, like I think. Yeah. The, the like kind of the modern world we need to think about things like mm. oh what if someone tries to attack you inside one of those you can't get away quick and stuff mm. like that so there's lots of like holes in this plan yeah but do you think it will happen though like you're saying you say magic technology 
So consequently, it's going to, at one point, they'll figure out those problems and we will have something like that, I guess. I think it's yeah. a long way because we'd have to figure out things like, first yeah. of all, like you said, like what does it actually do to the human body traveling in that speed? Yeah. But I guess... There's a lot of research already that people do, like space travel happens. Yeah. People know about what happens in physiology when you like move at in different sort of speeds and different vacuums and stuff like that. Mm. No, it's interesting. And I think, you know, one of the things we can all relate with, and I'm sure Alex knows today is traveling, especially like long distances. Well, it's not that long, but like anything. No, but like that down. Uh, hypothetically, yeah. like if, yeah. if, you, if you were in a like hyperloop, how long would it it take for Alex to like jump on a Hyperloop and get yeah. here. Like that's a good. So what, 700 miles an hour is what you say? Yeah. That's speed. So if we assume that London to Bristol is about 100 miles. Yes. And this Hyperloop goes max speed 700 miles an hour. Yes. And that traveling at that speed will not kill me. Yes. We could do it in about 15 minutes, I want to say. Bloody hell. Is that a thing? I think no. No point one four times sixty. Yeah, that is it. quick. I mean, my poops take longer than that sometimes. Eight. We could do nine. <laughs> nine minutes. Ten. Like you could have, in the time that we got breakfast. Yeah. Could've, Alex could have just left his house and been here. That's yeah. mad. Although instead, not, I had to drive on the M4 with dickheads. <laughs> so see, like when you put it like that, you would be like, yeah, let's let's get this hyperloop done. But at the same time, uh, would you be how comfortable would you be sitting in a tiny pod? For 10 minutes. That's right. Like, I already get stressed out on the central line. Mm. I have no claustrophobia. Mm. Now, I can see where you're coming from because that is uh, like that. The, the, it, you want to make travel pleasurable as well at the same time. And sometimes sitting in a train can be quite nice because you're like looking at the window, you're like walking around, buying an overpriced sandwich and that. And, Wait, you know. you're talking about like not rush out trains because this yeah. is not the experience I have. Yeah, true. It's true. But you know, this is the thing, right? In travel in London, everyone, like, I never get on the central line, if possible. I always take, like, alternate routes. And it's a lot more pleasant. Anyway, we're digressing, but, like, yeah. Like, if you can, don't take the central line, is what I'm saying. I, that's the only <laughs> line that serves my station. Fuck the central line. Yeah. It's a lot of shit. Uh, Threading its way through the middle of London, <laughs> stressing us all out. So let's say the Hyperloop can get me from Bristol to London mm. really, really quickly. But what if I want to make an internal travel arrangement and I yeah. don't particularly fancy being inside a tube? What can I do, Oz? Well, you could always try and use a jetpack. Jetpacks are a thing. People have tried. So this is the thing. The thing about jetpacks is they're so awkward to maneuver. People have tried like mm. using like gas. People have tried using like helicopter backpacks, but all of them fail because they're really hard to maneuver. And also mm. with jetpacks, I think the longest they've ever like been mobile is for like, I think the longest has been nine or 10 minutes. So unless you can travel at hyperloop speed in a jetpack, like that would be the future of travel. Mm. Okay. So what kind of stuff do they want to get out of the jetpack? Because I know what people really think. They want more effective transportation. But what makes a jetpack so good? The fact that it's like you, it's just you and you can get yourself yeah. like from one place to another really quickly. It's, you don't have to rely on anything else. And yeah. It's like, the, you know, I Icarus legend or whatever it is. It's like everyone wants to fly in it. You know what I mean? Sorry, just, did, sorry, did you just reference a Greek classic? I did, yes. Wow, this guy is deep. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I like that game, Kid Icarus. It's a fun game. So <laughs> what if I showed you what the current functional jetpack backpack looks like? Go oh, on. Okay. It is the Pentecost HX1 Hoppycopter. You can see this online. Yeah. This is what it looks like. It's a backpack helicopter. Damn. See, that just looks awkward. It already looks awkward. Like, I would just crash into something instantly. Yeah, it needs some, like, racing stripes. You know what I mean? You're saying... <laughs> also, okay, the thing Okay, the thing about jetpacks. So, so then, like, if we were to if we were to travel by jetpack, yeah. you're then in the air, and then yeah. you'd need some kind of, like, like air traffic control. you need jetpack traffic control, because otherwise mm. everyone would be just bumping into everyone. Nice. It's like, doggy dog world up there. Like, even people on those kind of, well, those stupid little things, what they call scooters. Yeah. Right? They're on the pavement. They piss me off. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. like, pavement is for people with legs who are walking. <laughs> 
Like, get off the pavement, David, get out of here. Yeah. And like, pigeons are also on the pavement. <laughs> okay, okay. So right now, you're saying jetpacks, that's the best bet, yeah? Possibly. It is, but you need a lot of layers of control if it mm. works. Okay, so the jetpack, what has it got going good for it? It's personal. Yeah. You're not inside a tiny tube, mm. which is kind of bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're claustrophobic, whatever. You get to fly. That's yeah. pretty dope. But you're also flying. That is... Pigeons. Yeah. Actually, planes. pigeons are not a problem in London. Planes. Planes are mm. a problem. But then you would never achieve the altitude. Like, Because if, if you went to that altitude, you could, you can't just be like exposed to, to the elements, I guess. Yeah. So how high can like people go? Because people can go up Everest and Everest... Yeah, but don't, you need training to go up Everest, don't you? You need... you, you Yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't know personally. I mean, I barely get out of London, to be fair. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, like, you need some equipment and stuff, right? Like yeah. breathing shit. So there are people who live in mountains areas mm. that have um, this trait in their hemoglobin. That's the molecule that carries around oxygen. I knew that. Blood. Okay, I knew, I knew. Don't I'm worry. not self-defensive or anything. No, man, you haven't, got, <laughs> you haven't got a complex. And that means they can actually retain more oxygen. They're more efficient with their oxygen. And Everest has a height of what? About nine kilometers, nine thousand meters. I don't know how high planes go. Mm. Thirty-five thousand feet. Right? So that's mm. how, how high is that? In? I've definitely been that high before. High Yesterday feet. night, I think. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the top of Mount Everest is about thirty thousand feet. Okay. And planes are about what? Thirty-five. Thirty-five thousand to forty thousand feet. Okay, yeah. that's the mm. cruising altitude. Yeah. So. Could reasonably be we could get to the top of sort of Everest, that kind of height, mm. with a jetpack, with a like a one of these personal. Mm, sure. So you could be at the risk of hitting yeah. planes. You could be at the risk of hitting planes, and also mm. like say somewhere like London, where there are so many airports around, there's a lot of air traffic, and drones are a problem for airports. They've mm. specifically been told not to fly drones around. That makes they, sense. Yeah, because they can collide with planes and like. But you, you, I mean, realistically, if you were going to have like a lot of a, like things flying around everywhere, you'd have some type of like computer track. It would all be done all made. It would all be all made. You wouldn't, exactly. you wouldn't fly yourself or it would be assisted flying. Well, what we have now is a, um, you have geofencing. So in various parts of the world where you're not allowed to fly drones, it will tell you, you can't fly your drone here. But what stops that? Like you could, you could physically fly. What would happen if you did? It with the drones, it just it ref, it refuses to let you fly. Yeah. Oh, oh does it? Wow, that's cool. That. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that can stop people from flying drones near airports if they're not allowed to, mm. or from flying them in restricted airspace. So yeah. I imagine near Vauxhall, near the MI6 building, you probably couldn't fly a drone. They'd mm. probably get pretty pissy. Yeah, they got guns and shit, bro. I wouldn't do but that. But that's buddy. what I mean. Is it yeah. like, is they actually physically stop? Is, is there some kind of thing that yeah, but you could, deactivates you know, the drone? If, if that is, if it's a software kind of uh, device that they're using or trigger to stop it, you could bypass that and obviously mm. hack it and do your own drone and fly where the fuck you want. This but is also, true. the thing is, if we, if, we were to, if we were to use jetpacks in that way, yeah. like say jetpack is like, to me, a super advanced cycle, right? Because mm. it's like a one person thing drive around and you can determine where you want to go you don't yeah. have to rely on where that thing is taking you yeah but you can cycle anywhere you want as long as you're on the cycle lane you can just get wherever you want yeah. well we do have that so yeah. we, um currently in london they have airways that helicopters are allowed to travel okay mm. so you can't have your private helicopter going in the airspace that's reserved for uh the police or firefighters or medical transport mm. So there are lanes that you're allowed to use. Okay, but I guess the the problem with that is the, the traffic isn't as high. The volume of traffic isn't high. Somewhere like London, millions of people. Imagine if we're all on jetpacks. It's going to be hard to control that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, It'd be quite a spectacle, though. It would. It would be like little bees in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Sky Rage? Sky Rage is worse than. Rage. Yeah, it would be, especially like when some people. What? <laughs> uh, high as well as being altitude high. I have never touched any drug in my life except for... That's like, have you never like, gone to the doctor? Come on, that's a blatant <laughs> lie. If you're going to lie, at least make it believable. Okay, I'm high right now. <laughs> so self-driving cars 
are a thing, right? They are probably the closest to happening. Yeah, I mean, mm. they already sort of slightly exist. Aren't there like self-driving pods in Heathrow Airport to get you from yeah. place to place? I mean, they exist. Yeah. They've existed yeah. for a few years. It's just that to, to get into technology to the point where it's commercially, 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 commercially. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is an English lesson for me sometimes. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, commercially available uh, soon. They're going to come soon. So it's not even a question of when. With self-driving cars, yeah. the goal is to get to the point where you can get in your car and just zone out. Mm. You don't need to have an Uber driver that you sort of don't talk to and mm. then give five stars to because that's feel, the best thing. You feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't talk to you. I'm glad you didn't talk to me. Five stars. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> but there are varying levels of autonomy. Yeah. You know, from zero, which is like you drive it all the way to like six or seven, which is fully autonomous. Yeah. And we've got little things so far. So you've got things like lane assist, the ability for your car to tell you if you're in the right lane. Oh, right. Yes. You've got the ability for your car to see how you're parking and help you with parking, you know, cameras mm -hmm. and all that. And all of these features are adding together to become like some semblance of self-driving. Mm. But there are little things that go wrong. Do either of you know uh, one of the funniest things that's gone wrong with a self-driving car? Oh, forgot no, how to drive. Uh, I'm going to say it took them somewhere uh, that sounded like the place they wanted to be and it wasn't. No, mm. but this is even funnier. So mm. self-driving cars, they really rely on camera, visual. They need to be able to see what's happening. If they don't, they have no idea what's going on. Mm. One self-driving car had the unfortunate feature that when it was trying to look for hazards, you know, uh, shrubberies, cars, small children, it got a bit confused. It got confused between a rock and a crumpled up piece of paper. It happens to the best of us. So it was <laughs> highlighting this piece of paper and not allowing the car to go over it because mm. it thought it would cause damage. Mm. So that means very realistically, you could stop a self-driving car by putting just a roll of paper around oh it. Oh my God, TP mm. the car. Can you imagine mm. that? Just, just put a roll of paper on the floor around it. The cameras look around and say, we are surrounded by rocks. We have nowhere to go. That's mm. amazing. Can you imagine that? Yeah, that's funny. That is like that. That's pretty mad. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically opening up opening up to pranksters everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's... Yeah. All, so, yeah, go on. No, it's just, it just depends. It's the complexity of the, the, the AI that runs the software, I guess, isn't it? As that improves over time, those mistakes become less frequent, I guess. But so as we get closer to cars having more and more autonomy, mm. more and more technology underpinning it, is there a safety risk of hacking? I reckon so, especially because you have to put so much information into, uh, I guess, a database in order for these things to work. That does then open it up to, oh, someone can easily access the information. What, mm. if, you, what if someone hacks you, kidnaps you in your own car? That could happen. Yeah, but I mean, is there any more risk than what already exists? Because someone could... Uh, like hijack. Hi someone could get into your car, like mafia style, fucking, you know what I mean? I mean, someone can get into your car and they could tamper in any other way already. So is there any more risk than there already exists? But they can do it from very far away. That's true. So say hmm. with a hijacking, you have to be physically present. If someone, uh, if your Uber driver is a bit dodgy, he has to be physically present. Mm. Mm. But there's already been accusations of that happening because there was a one BuzzFeed journalist and I, I can't remember his name, but he died in a mysterious car crash and a lot of people, because theories around that was that his car was hacked. So, I mean, look at some of the cars already, like Teslas, Teslas like they're really complex like in terms of computing and stuff. Don't ask me the details. But uh, you could, I imagine you could hack that shit, right? Yeah. yeah. So based on those sorts of risks, uh, yeah. the risks will get less and less. Would you guys use self-driving cars? Absolutely. I think, I yes, I mm. would. Because I'd like to think that by the time they did start to become more mainstream, there would be sort of protections for hacking. Like much like there's a lot of protections for like computers and stuff. Mm. People still get hacked a lot, but... Mm. You put a certain level of trust, don't you, into like, say your bank account, you you trust it to a certain degree that you're not going to get hacked. It does happen sometimes, but there are protections for when that happens. I have no money, so that's fine. Uh, anyway. Uh, 
But yeah, I mean, no, I think it's, it's again, it's issue of convenience. I think the debate around autonomous cars will be around going back to Uber will be around people losing jobs. That will be a big debate around it. And uh, I think that will but also, be more political like, than science. But also, yeah. Also, say you could have like the protections around it could be like, say, I think like eBay do this thing now where if they think you've been hacked, they uh, so they, re they remove your PayPal account from mm. your from your account even if even if they suspect you've been hacked mm. and so you then have to log in and go and re-add it really yeah so basically yeah. they're not even giving you the chance to be like oh go and check they're yeah. instantly stopping any money from coming out so it's inconvenience let's take that example and switch it to cars you know when you are going banking in another when you're going banking so like when you go to another country and use a card sometimes they call you up mm. and they're like are you actually have you taken a holiday? You can afford a holiday. Why are you in North Korea? <laughs> with, with your poor self. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you with your student loans. Why? Yeah. You know, and they call you up and they say, sorry, we've blocked your cars. And you've got to go through that entire hassle. Yeah. Can you imagine that happening with your car? You drive somewhere new. It goes, oh, we think your car's been stolen because obviously you couldn't be in this location. Mm. And let's say they make your car just not work. But then we're in the future now, so I'll be like, that's fine. I'll just take the Hyperloop. <laughs> okay, okay. Fuck cars. Yeah. I got my jetpack, motherfucker. Okay, <laughs> so let's bring it down. We've got three things. We've got yeah. self-driving cars, we've got the Hyperloop, and we've got personal jetpacks. What do you guys think the future will be? Hyperloop, self-driving cars, or jetpack? Hyperloop, for sure. Hyperloop and self-driving cars. You can't have two. Pick one. So Self-driving cars. One for self-driving cars, one for Hyperloop. I'm going to have to come in and arbitrate. I'm going to say self-driving cars. Fair, fair. Wait, why is it fair? So, hell, don't get so high and mighty because we've reached the part of the program where you've got to explain the science. Oh, shit. Yay. Damn. I'm worried about this. Every day we ask hundreds of questions. What can I have for lunch? What should I do next? Is it love or am I merely settling for who's available? Those questions are important, yes, but they aren't as important as the questions that we've been sent through by email and social media. So, Sahel, you've got questions? I have questions. Are these questions yours or are they from social media? They are from all over the universe, the cosmos. So a mixture of both. You could far have said a mixture wide, of both. Far and wide. You could have said a mixture of both. A mixture of both. Brilliant. So <laughs> ask your questions and Oz will answer them. This question, prepare yourself. Hit me. When was the first butthole... <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the technical term you're looking for is anus. Yes, I have one of those. I fact check. I, I, should, I should hope so because <laughs> what happens to things that don't have an anus is they either get an accumulation of shit, and you're yeah. full of shit, aren't you? That's. I take. I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> or they have to shit out of their mouth. Is that, that something you do? No, well, I saw an episode of South Park, but I don't think that's factual. Okay. <laughs> so to to figure out when when the first bum hole, yeah. butthole, as you said, yeah. uh, was, we have to look back to our ancestors. And an interesting story, interesting story, I feel like it's already going to be boring. Mm. So recently, some research discovered in China, mm. our earliest ancestor yeah which is this teeny tiny creature called the saccharitis and it's basically like this alien like thing yeah which only had one hole and it's the bum hole and the mouth Two and the way one. it forms it yeah it is it it comes from a ball of cells like all of us we come mm. from a ball of cells and it kind of invaginates You've got to note here that Oz is using sort of language that he's not too comfortable with <laughs> and a hand gesture that I'm not too comfortable with. It, rem it reminds me of a evil overlord trying to give a sexual harassment speech, just <laughs> closed together, sort of showing what would happen if you pushed in a particularly ripe peach mm. invaginate what does invaginate mean what is that so word? invaginate is exactly how we've described it. you take something that's round and you push it inwards and what happens then so basically it uh we're a ball of cells and it starts to invaginate which is a process known as gastrulation yep yep science terms yep and that's basically part of development in all creatures, right? But in these early sort of creatures that we came from, 
this didn't fully happen. It stopped after the invagination. Mm. And so it only had one hole, that hole that it created from mm. the invagination. Mm. And that was his mouth and his butthole. And that was the first butthole. Wow, that's amazing. But now we are more complex creatures. We have evolved. Yeah. So now, like one could argue that the first ever thing that you have is your bum hole. That is But it's deep. not anymore. Like now we're actually yeah. more complex creatures and... Yeah. Our, our butthole is actually part of like our, like when it's formed, it's part of our genitals and it kind of differentiates into our genitals. Very, very. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. That yeah. is super interesting. Was that everything you hoped for in an answer? I, I feel like my life has been changed from that. Okay. And what is your next question that you answer? Because he obviously is up to the challenge. So you've got to bring some good questions. Okay. Ozzy, my man. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a serious guy. You know, I'm from the streets of East London. I can tell. Uh, we get into a couple of beef things here and again. What is a beef Beef things. Uh, it's sort of like beef jerky. Yeah, mm. beef, beef jerky. Mm. My word of the day. Real time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, walking down the street, you know, man comes up to me. He's like, yo, give me a Jaffa cakes. I'm like, bruv, nah. Uh, I have to lay a quick slap down on him. Whoa. You know, lock him out, basically, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so does knocking someone out give him potential brain damage is that true okay so let me get this straight someone has come to you on the street i'm translating this for the people who don't speak road mandem. road mandem. uh for the non-mandem uh someone has walked to suhail on the street he has asked for the jaffa cake it's a serious problem and suhail has just said no and knocked him out that, this is a completely normal situation it happens about four times a day because you know what happened is they reduced the amount of jaffa cakes that goes into a box so it's caused all types of pandemonium so there's a jaffa cake shortage that is resulting in people getting knocked out on the street that's true okay. so but so, if i was to defend myself in the situation mm. would i potentially cause long standing damage to this uh, individual this jaffa cake bandit the Jaffa Cake Bandit will <laughs> suffer a certain degree of damage. So basically what you've said there is you have knocked him out. So knocking someone out basically causes this thing called traumatic brain injury. Mm. Okay. This can happen not just from knocking someone out. It can happen in car accidents. It can happen even like um, high collision sports like boxing and rugby, where if you take a massive knock to the head... The shock that it sends. So your head, your brain is encased in your skull, which is meant to protect your brain from any shock, but also has fluid around it, which is also meant to absorb shock. But very high like impact can't take all of that shock. So you get a force to the to the point of impact where you can cause some of the cells there to get injured. Mm. But then also on the opposite side, you cause some injury as well because of the force that hits the back of your head as a result. Mm. So your brain is like getting knocked around in this Basically, it, it, yeah. that is exactly it. Yeah. And so it causes mechanical damage to the structures, like the cells, the blood mm. vessels around there. Mm. And if it's not too bad, it can heal to some degree, but sometimes it can cause injury. So it t tells the cells around it, okay, time to die because we've got some... Uh, problems going on. So we'd like people who are like professional fighters, for example, mm. like UFC people, etc. They is that why they end up getting like brain damage in of a of a long time? Yeah, because yeah. Uh, what this does is it triggers the brain to then start to. It's kind of slightly some some scientists think it's protective as well. It, mm. this, this signals it sends tells the brain to do certain things or release chemicals yeah. that causes the brain cells to di eventually die. Mm. In some cases, it causes long term things like dementia mm. because. Um, these kind of proteins sort of accumulate in the brain and that eventually goes on to cause dementia. Mm -hmm. So yes, by knocking someone out, you can actually cause permanent damage to their brain. So what am I supposed to do with my Jaffa cakes? Maybe just run away next time and be like, no, mine. Or like, yeah. Leave my Jaffa cakes alone. Or just share. Like, so yeah, what's wrong with sharing? That's true. That's true. I, to be honest, I could probably eat less Jaffa cakes if anything. This is true. <laughs> he is a girthy lad that's you know okay. I, I like me some cake bro what can I say <laughs> you've now worked out when the first bomb hole was mm. and what happens if you lay hands on a Jaffa cake fiend that's true so I know you've saved the best mm. question for our last Sahel of course I would never disappoint you Alex only frequently and often now what is your question <laughs> Alex this is a very important question that's conflicted mankind throughout the eons ask it to Oz um, Oz why or do taller people have more blood in them? Like, because you're a pretty tall man. 
I am about eight feet, feet tall and nine feet wide. He is honestly a shed, built like a shed. Okay, so do so basically essentially asking taller or bigger people have more blood. Right? Do they? So the average human has about five litres. That's about eight pints of blood. That's the average. Okay. Mm. Can you get that onto an airplane? Because they say you don't let, like you can't have more than how many ounces of fluid? That's oh, true. 100 mils. But, yeah. Yeah. but technically you're saying I'm like... Violating all kinds of rules. Yeah. I'm 5,000 mils. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so basically... Fuck the police. Um, <laughs> drain your blood before you fly. No, don't do that. Drain um, yourself. Drain yourself. <laughs> yeah, you dra- oh, that could be taken the wrong way. Um, uh, but based, so, but yes, if you're mm. if you're larger, like it does vary. It's not. This is just the average, mm. right? So the way um, you calculate how much blood there is in someone is you use it's a mixture of height, weight, and also gender, and you use an equation called the Naudas equation. Yeah. Okay. And based on these kind of parameters it will it can calculate how much blood you have mm. but then there's also another kind of rule people use called the Gilch's rule of five all right so what do these things mean and so it's just two different ways to estimate you can't really get like you can't really 100% say this is how much blood you have yeah. but using things like your height your weight and your gender you can either calculate it using the Naldus equation or you can estimate it based on how much muscle and how much fat you have mm. So there are two different ways to do it. But base, the basic answer is yes. If you're taller, you will have more blood. That's all I wanted to know. Okay. So the question was, do bigger people have more blood than them? And the answer is? Yes, they do. Yes. That kind of makes sense, to be fair. I mean, yeah. What are you going to do? It's not going to be like a set amount of blood. And you're like, oh, you got you got big, man. I'm it's like, shit, I'm low on blood, man. Can I have some blood? Like, That's not how it works. Hey, please, But man. it's, all, it's always going it. to be an estimation because basically, yeah. depending on what method you use, like the second method uses how much muscle you So like some like a muscly person will have different amounts of blood to a person who's more mm. like an obese person, even though they're the same sort of size. So, Hale, do you think you've answered all of the science? Uh, yes. Let's I, test him. Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. test him? Let's test him. Yeah. Let's go backwards. Can, is it open book test? Can I refer to my notes? Or, <laughs> I didn't take any notes. So. Okay. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll work on this backwards. Do taller people have more blood? They're, taller people have more blood uh, because they're bigger, obviously. I mean, fair enough. That's Let's fair take enough. it. Yeah. <laughs> question. Next, does knocking someone out give them brain damage? It can do. Why? Uh, because the brain gets knocked around and it releases that like, chemicals and shit that basically yeah, that's pretty good. Like, try to protect the brain, but in a way ended up fucking it up. I listened to that one. Yo, actually pretty good. <laughs> and finally, the first question. Yes. When was the first bum hole? Well, it was, there's no, there's no specific date, but it links back to when humans were, well, we weren't humans when we were like little globules of molecules and stuff. Um, and then we, there was an in, invagination. Oh, he remembers the invagination. He got a key word. He got a key word. The invagination occurred. He's doing the hand action as well, Alex. We've got got to give him that. Yeah. It's because the hand action, Ozzy, that I remembered it because I felt like, was, I connected with you with that word and that action. With the action, yeah. Yeah. So when you when it invaginates, when it's the cells invaginates, I'm going to use that. But I'm going to use that word all day today, uh, in completely out of context moments. But uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so when the cells invaginated, uh, we developed a butthole slash mouth, um, and that's when the first butthole was. It's close. It is pretty close. Yeah. I think we're going to have to give him a couple of points there. Yeah, I'll take those. Where can I spend them? Nowhere at all. Fuck it then. <laughs> Maybe the chicken shop. Okay, I'll take it. Oz, do you feel that you've done your civic duty? I have, and I always feel like I learned words like mandem. So, Hale, yes. do you think you're a little bit smarter? I have, I have grown. I feel as though I have probably wasted my time, but I'm Alex Asbridge. I've got Oz and Sahail. See you later, guys. Peace and pistachios. This has been Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? We'll see you next oh, week. Has. <laughs> so you might be thinking, oh my God, how do I hear more about this amazing podcast that combines humour, entertainment, pop culture and cutting edge science? Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys are geniuses and I have questions only they can answer. Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys aren't even real doctors and I know way more about science than them and I want them to know this. So how do I let them know this as quickly as possible? 
To answer those questions in no particular order, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or through your favorite podcasting service. You can email us your questions, news stories, or just say hey at whynotadoc at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at whynotadoc. If you want to keep up to date with what we're doing, be pedantic or otherwise just be messy. See you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.